Juggling motherhood and modern day life can be stressful and relentless, but it doesn't need to be this way. The Joy of Being podcast is the answer to maternal mental health, bringing sustainable relief and calm to hardworking mums everywhere so that you your family and work can thrive. My name is Marina Pearson and I'm your host, transformational coach and mum who loves to interview business owners, transformational professionals and creatives to have insightful conversations about what it takes to really live a life that is thriving, fulfilling and full of joy. And today I've got some amazing news. You can now order your very own version of the Joy of Being book, supporting hardworking mums to stress less and live more. If you're the type of mum who is struggling with the burdens of motherhood or modern day life, then this will be a perfect book for you. If you're curious, you want to know more and you want to see what's up with that book, you can do so at www.marinapearson.com slash order. And on today's show, I have the beautiful Gillian Fox. Gillian is somebody that I met about seven years ago in a training with Jamie Smart. She was my mentor at the time. And when I was thinking about doing this uh, episode it became very clear to me that we needed one on grief because it's something that we hadn't spoken about yet. And a topic that, well, at the end of the day, it's all about the joy of being. And if we can say goodbye to somebody that we loved gracefully with love and compassion, then there is really something that we can all learn from this. And as Gillian uh, shares, she lost her husband all of a sudden. And we talk about what happened, her journey through that, and what's manifested at the other end. So if you have lost somebody to death and uh, are struggling with that, then this is going to be a great episode for you. Enjoy. So welcome, everybody. And on today's show, I have the beautiful Gillian. Um, I met Gillian about seven years ago now, I think, actually, at Jamie Smart's trainings. And she was actually my mentor at the time. Um, she was looking in the same direction as all of these podcasts are pointing to. And so I realized I hadn't done a podcast episode on um, on grief. And so I, I um, actually grieve around death. And I wanted to bring that up in conversation because obviously this podcast is really about the joy of being, regardless of what's going on outside of, of us in, in terms of the circumstances. So welcome, Gillian. Um, really amazing to have you on the show. Hi, Marina. Yeah, it's lovely to be here. And um, <laughs> this is really a last minute one that we've just organised about literally, what, about half an hour ago. So this is going to be very free flow. Um, <laughs> you know, I have no notes. I have no um, hardly any pre-thinking about what we're going to talk about. So let's just see where where this goes. Wonderful. Um, well, first off, actually, I know at the time when you were working, um, when we met, you were very interested in grief. And I was curious about what led you down that path. And what have you seen as a result of your inquiry or your um, reflections in this area? Yeah, I think um, at the time we first met, um, I had the experience of losing my husband um, when he was only 50. Um, and there's a whole story behind that that I'm not going into great detail about. But just to give it a bit of context, we were building a house in Portugal. Um, we had just retired early. Uh, we were having the most amazing time. Um, and we were probably about halfway through the house. 
when he he got ill and we discovered he had a brain tumour and he died very quickly two months after that discovery of what was actually wrong. Um, and that was the moment where his life ceased and my life changed completely in an instant. And that was a huge learning experience. Um, obviously, it was devastating to me, to his family, to his friends. Um, but it, it that one moment changed the course of all our lives. And it was the journey afterwards to you know to chart where I went with with the whole bereavement thing with the grief with the shock um with the complete rebuilding of our plans you know became well what do I do next how do I cope with this um you know there was there was a whole load of practical stuff I, I had a house to finish um I was in Portugal interesting um <laughs> you will appreciate that. I know you live in Spain and you've lived all over, you know, different places in the world. So um, communication difficulties, et cetera, et cetera. And I suppose the, the big thing that I took from that experience and, and really what started the inquiry into where I am now, I guess, is the discovery that I had this total, huge, bottomless well of inner strength, as I called it at the time, um, that was was there all the time, even when it felt like I couldn't go on. Um, it was I was still in touch with it, and I'd always known that there was there was what I call an inner strength, but I hadn't really explored, well, what is that? You know, where does that come from? Everybody have it. You know, do some people have it more than others? And that's really why I guess I felt so called to explore what we know as the three principles. That was the understanding that called to me. Um, like I knew it, like something resonated. Ah, you know, this is this is talking about the same thing. So that's that's really how this whole exploration journey started. If that answers your question. Yeah, so I'm curious about what you've seen. Um so somebody going through this, um who feels very lost, um, in shock. Um, what are some of the things that you saw or have seen since that have really helped you? I think the big one for me at the moment is that any conversation about death and about grief is relative to where we are in the exploration of who we really are and what we're seeing around that. So, as I say, I I started looking in this direction 
And I'm coming to see more and more that who we really are is is unchangeable, unchanging, always okay. And anything else isn't real. And from that base of understanding, death and grief take on a whole new aspect because when you see there's no separation, when you see that we're all consciousness, we are consciousness having an experience of awareness through a human body, then death is just a melting back into that consciousness. So it becomes something not to be feared. But because we're human, we feel the emotions of grief. We feel that perceived separation from the one we love. Um, And we have the full gamut of human emotions that we can feel. Um, Looking at that, what is grief? Grief is love. Grief is a huge expression of the love that we feel for somebody. And to not be afraid of that feeling, to be able to give ourselves over fully to it, to dive into that, to look at it, to really look fully into it and and just have the inquiry, what is this? And to see that it is, as I say, a deep expression of love can be so comforting, so so allowing, because it's it's recognizing, you know, the tearing out of half our heart, if you like. But it's it's supported by a a deep understanding that we're not separated, and that we will we will in our own time melt back into that that oneness, that consciousness. And in the meantime, we have some experiences to have down here. I love what you said about grief being a huge sort of expansive experience of love. Because while we're all one, we do have experience of of others. In other words, the human experience of the other (laughs) and I guess we're creatures of habit aren't we and suddenly we have that experience of that person not being there anymore can can perceptively leave quite a big hole even though we may understand that where they've gone back to is where they came from yeah and it's you know if we contemplate our own death there's a huge amount of fear around that, I think, um, from the physical side of it. You know, I don't particularly want to think about my way of leaving, be it sudden or be it prolonged. Um, so there is that physicality, that suffering, if you like, um, the inevitability of one day I won't be here. Um, and that terrifies my ego. 
because my ego can't contemplate that. Yeah. My ego thinks it's uh, going to go on forever. Um, <laughs> one day it's going to find out that, no, that doesn't work like that. Um, and again, that that inquiry is so fascinating. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to say now that anybody listening, I'm not talking the truth. I don't expect you to believe me. I just invite you to look at it and inquire for yourself. Who am I? So where I am with my inquiry is, well, who am I? I, the thinking, the personal thinking me, that's just personal thinking. I am the awareness behind that thinking. And am I the awareness of the awareness? You know, you can take it backwards and backwards and backwards. So that's, that's a really interesting place to, to look. So so the question that comes to mind here is, is why would knowing that actually help? I think because it, it takes us one step away in a way from, from our personal thinking, from our personal grief, our personal distress. So while we can appreciate and experience that, there is the part of, there is the awareness. Ah, that's the person called Julian having a human experience. and. You know, the experience of sadness, loss, all those all those things that come with the departure of a loved one. When we can find that place, that inner strength, as I referred to earlier, when we can connect with that and know that it's okay, we are okay, we are unshakable, that part of us is indestructible. That's like our compass point. That's our true north. That's our back to equilibrium in the midst of the most horrendous storms. And that to me is if if I know that in my heart, not intellectually, because that's just another ego trip. But if I know that with every cell of my being, it's always there, even when I forget it. I remember having the experience of my dad dying and... um... I was there holding his hand when he did. And I went in to see him after he'd, he'd passed away. And it really astounded me because all of his frown lines are gone. He looked like 50 years younger. He was translucent almost. His, 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 even his, um, the color of his skin had changed. And I remember thinking, I wonder what's left his body. Because the body was still there, but the physiological change was enormous. And I was like, well, surely if he was just the body, then this wouldn't have changed so much. And that's when I started to have a a notion that we're not just our bodies and that this physical self is born so that we can experience life through feeling and thought. Because otherwise we can't. (laughs) This body is actually here for us to have sensations and experiences. Some good, some bad, some some just experiences or call it what you want because they're supposedly all neutral. It's interesting what you say. I read, and I think it was either doctors or nurses who commented on this, that when someone dies, there is a change in their weight that cannot be explained. Oh, wow. Mm. And I wish I could remember where I saw it or read it, but it was certainly recently. And there, it was talking about, well, that's almost like the soul weight. You know, the soul's gone. 
So, yeah. Um, That's incredible. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's true. I mean, I, I, I was with my husband when he died. I was with my dad, my mum, my aunt. So I've watched people depart. Mm. And it's just like the shells left. Um, and it's almost like you can... You can feel the presence depart and you're not looking at person anymore, you're just looking at the shell. And I think actually that helped me to drop a bit of the fear of death is to watch that moment when the breath stops and the stillness that comes after. And, you know, if, it, if you've been with somebody that's been suffering, it's just relief. That that's all there is at the time. It's just, oh, thank goodness. They're not in pain anymore. You know? And then there's that buffer and then the personal feelings of sadness and grief, they start coming in. But there's that moment of they're okay now that I, I personally see. And I guess they were always okay. Um, because if what we are is unchangeable, then it doesn't really matter what's going on. But leaving that physical body, um, yeah, that's very... Um, that's very, I don't know, I, I just find that quite relieving. But that's not to say that um, the death isn't real or um, that the illusion of the feeling is, I guess. No. Um, and, you know, that, that all-encompassing wave of grief that comes and goes and can suddenly rear its head when you think it's all right again. <laughs> you know, and, and it can be, I don't know, it can be, for me, it was a piece of music in a cafe. And suddenly I'm a sobbing wreck. Um, months afterwards, years afterwards sometimes. Um, my own experience is that it does, you know, that, that classic phrase, time heals. Well, actually it does. Um, you know, things, things fade. Um, and then something can bring it back because, you know, we have the power of thought um, and memories are thoughtful forward in time and they are just as powerful sometimes as when, you know, the thing happened. Um, yeah, because we have the capacity for memory, right? So I guess yep. you can bring those memories back, but they're just yeah. thought over time. Yeah, you know, and we can do it with the full sound effects. We can do it with you know, the picture. We're amazing. <laughs> we can conjure that up. It conjures itself up. You don't have to conjure it up. It's something, you know, something can trigger a memory. But it's the understanding of what it is. It's a thought brought forward in time. It makes it less scary. Ooh. And that, yeah. I think... That's one of the first, re that is actually the first realisation that I had when I started studying this was, um, and I've told this story many times, um, I had her because where Jeff, my husband and I were, we were living on a boat. Um, so we spent a lot of time in boat marinas. <laughs> um, and so every time I happened to be near a marina in my I'm <laughs> just laughing because your name's Marina. Um, you know, in in the different stages of life that I went through afterwards, I had a almost a compulsory. I must be sad because Jeff and the boat aren't here anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm by myself. And one day, 
funnily enough, with Jamie on one of his retreats. I found myself having a lovely time sitting with some friends just early evening. And I looked over my shoulder to uh, where we were in Spain. And I'm sitting right next to a load of boats in a marina. And I felt nothing apart from the joy of being with the friends, you know. And I almost went to the point of trying to manufacture the feeling of sadness because I suddenly thought, oh, I should be sad. This always makes me sad. And it was that realisation of, oh, no, actually, I'm fine. I'm really enjoying this. Because there's something to be said for for the sort of how we've been conditioned. So it's almost like if I'm not sad, that means I didn't love that person or... We make something out of that, don't we? Or we're not, we're, we're like, if I'm not sad, it, it, it actually means that I didn't care or I don't care. Or if I'm not sad and grieving, it means um, that I might forget. But that doesn't mean any of that. Unless we make it mean that. Unless we make it mean that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah we have we have the choice of that, don't we? To a certain extent, you know that thought comes along, and we can really get entangled with it, or we can be at peace with it. And go, yeah, but I'm fine, thanks. You, you know, pass on your way, thought. Um, and it's not a disrespecting of the person that's gone. It's not a dismissal of the person that's gone. You know, it's it's almost the the love of the person that you had just brings a smile to your face and maybe a tear to your eye, but the power is left. The power of that grief has lessened and an acceptance has come and taken the place of some of the pain. And what of that acceptance? I remember listening to Bill Pettit recording and um, he was sharing about his client having a massive panic attack around um, the fact that their partner had died. Um, and he shared that um, if you accept what's happened, panic attack will go away. Or this is about you not accepting what's happened or accept what's happened. And she just went, oh, my goodness, I've, what if I do accept what's happened? And her panic attack stopped. Um, and I'm curious about that, about acceptance. What's been your experience of that? Yeah, it's seven stages of grief. And I'm I'm just curious about what your take is on that. Mm, um, I believe that Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, after she'd written the book sometime after, regretted putting it in stages, you know, like this is how you do grief. I don't know how true that is. It's something I heard secondhand from somebody. Um, grief you do in your own way. You experience in your own way. Um, but certainly, I think acceptance is huge because our initial thought about grief and many other things is it shouldn't be like this. Hmm. Well, it is like this. Who said it shouldn't be like this? This is what's happened. This cannot be changed. And we can fight and scream for as long as we like but nothing is going to change the fact that somebody's died. And at the moment, I'm working with the word surrender. And I think that's another way for saying acceptance, just surrendering to what is. 
What does that mean? Um, it means, it means that's what's happened. It means if only it doesn't exist because it happened. It's coming back to being present with, I say the reality of the situation, but there's a whole conversation about reality in there. Um, and surrendering is is going with the flow. Hopefully hackneyed sound. Um, but because with surrender, again, we can look deeply into to the grief because surrender comes back to love. So what you're saying is, is that um, it just is this way. And if we take it from there, the experience becomes easier. Yeah, because stop fighting. Yeah, we, we, we say things like, oh, he was taken too soon. Um, <laughs> yeah. Those that die young, we say it's too soon. But who are we to say that? Right. We know that that's, that's true. You know, we're not in control. We're absolutely never in control of what's going on on a bigger picture. So we never know. And it just seems to me that if we can go, oh, I'm not in control. You know, it, it, this has happened. I hate it. I hate what's just happened. You know, I'm, I'm fighting against it. It's not actually helping me. It's not going to bring the person back. So if we let ourselves fall into acceptance and going through the process that we have to go to to get to that stage, may take a short time or a long time. That's, that's where we are and we will get there. Because I guess we're, our body and our mind is designed to heal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it comes back to knowing that we're okay. We're okay with not being okay, if you like. Yeah, we're okay with all the messiness, the tears, the snot, the yelling, the screaming, the throwing things. And we're also okay with the enveloping of love that can suddenly come out. There is a smile when we remember somebody's smile, they laugh, a particular joke that we shared. It's all made of the same thing. You know, it's not good or bad. It's just the process, just the, the way we experience life. You know, mind, body, consciousness, mind, thought and consciousness, they're all mixed up in one big, it gives us, no, it gives us our experience of this, this human body. Yeah. Nothing ever happens outside of us that we can't handle however awful it may seem, because there is nothing outside of us. And I guess we have everything we already need. Yeah, because we do. Wisdom, love, understanding, and I guess, mm. you know, the snow globe. <laughs> we just forget. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shake up the snow globe. We can't make it settle. It settles by itself. We come back to equilibrium. We come back to acceptance. Beautiful. So, Gillian, if somebody wants to connect with you around this particular subject because they're going through 
a hard time. Um, how can they do that? Um, they can contact me by email. My email is Gillian at GillianFox.com. Um, I don't have a website anymore, um, but if somebody wants to reach out to me, I'm very happy to have a conversation with them. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Gillian. It's been wonderful to have you on the show. And for those of you that have been listening, I hope you had as much, just felt the depth and beauty of the conversation as much as you did the content within it. Um, and hopefully it will give you some sort of hope if you are going through a bad time and you are going through the process of grief. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's all part of the process of being human. So until the next time, bye-bye for now. And there we have it, another amazing episode of The Joy of Being. And if you'd like a more personalized touch to live a stress-free life, then why not find out more about The Joy of Being Retreat, an intimate four-day profound experience at a luxury venue in Javier, Spain, where you get to experience your inner calm and peace of mind by slowing down and making space. To find out more, email me at marina marinapearson.com with Joy of Being Retreat in the title. If you loved what you heard here today and it's been helpful, why not subscribe or share the podcast with others? So until next week's episode... Remember, you are the joy you seek.